Hey everyone, Matty Ice here. I hope that you enjoyed this interview I did with Myron Flowers of 360 Fit Performance last year in April. It was part of an interview series called Interviews on Ice that we conducted, and we hope to bring you more content in the future. This is a remastered version of that interview, and it's a really great interview that I think can inspire a lot of people. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Interviews on Ice. I am your host, Matt Freights. You might know me as Matty Ice in the podcasting world if you've listened to any of my other work, but I'm the head of the Matty Ice Media Network, and this is a new feature that we are doing where I sit down with some of our most interesting guests, people that are having an effect in their community, an impact in their community, and I want to bring you, their story to you. So this is me taking a one-on-one approach, getting down into the weeds, a genuine look, and we're just chopping it up here. And my first guest is somebody who I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time. And his name is Myron Flowers. And I want to bring in Myron. So Myron, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for taking out the time. And uh, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a glimpse into who you are? Most definitely, man. I I appreciate you having me on, man. Look forward to the uh, opportunity as well. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm, I'm a, I'm a hometown guy, born and raised, uh, of course, Washington DC, grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, attended Paint Branch High School in Montgomery County. Um, course was play sports uh, in high school, football, bas- basketball, track. Uh, and then went on to uh, North Carolina Central University uh, where I played football and uh, as well um, for four years. I uh, had a brief stint in the Canadian Football League um, as well. So, and now, you know, um, from my time in the uh, Canadian Football League, you know, of course, wasn't making a ton of money uh, during that time. In the early 90s, was a lot harder coming from a, an historically college during that time. So you kind of had to go above and beyond the call of duty to really get an opportunity in NFL. Um, really just kind of took on the approach of training full, full blast on my off season really started in college though. When I first started training, um, at North Carolina central as well, where, you know, I, I learned a lot, had an opportunity to work around, uh, another great trainer named, uh, Wayne Hall was out of Durham, North Carolina at the time. And Wayne owned a gym called the Hall of Fitness and allowed me to come in there and just kind of cut my teeth, so to say, at the same time training me. So, you know, just an opportunity to kind of learn a lot, um, you know, self-test myself and philosophy. And then just kind of now where we are now, I'm in my, you know, 25th year of training now. So, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and I know I know how much it's um it's had an it's had it's had an effect and helped me in my, my my personal life in this world, and of course, physically and mentally, and dealing with the clients that I deal with as well. Now that's really really cool. I mean, I obviously did some research on you and found out a lot of this stuff. And one of the things that strikes me about life in general is I think for most people we end up where we end up, and for a vast majority of people we don't end up there thinking that. Like the job that I have outside of doing this, I didn't think to myself when I was younger in college, man, I really want to work there. But here we are. And so most people's character arcs don't take a linear path. They sort of end up where they are. And it sounds like through the journey 
journey of football, you discovered training and then trying to make it in football, your art kind of got you to where you are. I mean, did you always want to do training or was this something that was born out of, hey, this is a lot of hard work to do football on a professional level. And this is another avenue that I'm extremely passionate about and make a huge difference in. It's funny. I think just growing up, I was just I, I, I just was enamored with the body and training. I enjoyed it. You know, what I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the preparation uh, of sports. I enjoyed the benefit that it gave me from strength training and being in condition. A number of things, right? Confidence, the the ability, the ability on the field or the court or whatever I was doing, of course. But also at the same time, it was something again that I enjoyed doing. It wasn't work to me. So yeah. I would say even then, you know, it was always something I was passionate about and, and, and loving. It's been a part of my life. Going to school, I was a visual communication major. Oh. So, you know, I was an art major. So, you know, I studied art, but at the same time, I made a minor in physical education mm -hmm. in a sense. But, you know, here I am, an art major, but I used my art major in a sense because, you know, from an artistic eye, maybe, you know, website design, branding, things of that nature. So I'm still using it, really. But again, like you said, to your point, Life directs you, you know what I mean? There's no plan A, plan B. You just, you know, you, you go, life directs you. Sometimes you're on a certain road or a certain path for a certain period of time, and then you're going to be on another road for a certain period of time, and it may be shorter than the time you were on the last road. And you just accept and appreciate it, you know what I mean, while you're on it and you on that road, you learn and you network and you build other relationships to grow, to direct you into something else. That could be that could be in line with what you're doing or it could be something totally different. For me, it, it's just always been in line with what I've been doing. Yeah, I mean... I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason and, and whatever reason it is that you want to use to describe like how that happens in your life or spirituality, whatever is is personal. But I do believe that because when I look back on my life, I'm getting close to 40 and I can look at things. And now I say, instead of saying, I regret that that happened, I say, I'm glad that that happened because it was an important milestone that I didn't know at the time that got me to where I am. And I look at the journey that I'm taking now doing this, what we're doing here is what I always wanted to do when I was a kid. But the path that I had, because it was dictated by other factors, didn't get me there. And now right. the entire journey that I've had to get here was meant to be this way because I was ready to take this step. And it sounds right. like you kind of had the same thing. The passion was there and the opportunity presents itself and you just snapped right into it, mm -hmm. which is, is awesome. And, you know, to, to that point, you know, I didn't I didn't come into the profession with the mindset of. I wanted to make NFL NBA players. Yeah. So for me it was just I was I was I was trying to teach people who wanted to learn the things that I saw work for myself. Who was willing to listen to that? Because when I first started really you just didn't have people who were training outside of your strength and conditioning program or coach that was coaching you. And definitely general fitness world it wasn't a lot of women that were working out at the time strength mm -hmm. training taboo. Um, for women, a lot of women were doing aerobic classes and things of that nature. That was mm -hmm. kind of the, the norm during those, you know, those 90s and two, early 2000s. Then it became more of a, you know, a lifestyle approach, understanding that it's a balance that's needed. And I was teaching more of the lifestyle approach to, to things, regardless of what, what people were doing in their lives. I just knew that whatever you're doing, you'll be able to perform at a high level, regardless if you are in and if you're in, if you're in state, mm -hmm. eating right, and you're doing all the necessary things to get you through those things, I'm a firm believer in the fact that I don't I don't think we put enough 
uh, enough of a precedence on nutrition and exercise in our daily health. And so many people, and again, I'm not a doctor, but so many people go to the doctor and they say, oh, this is ailing me. And what I find is that I'm, you're never told, hey, uh, let's focus on what you're eating, what you're exercising, what is your routine there? And I learned that the hard way when I had a heart attack at 27 and I had to really have a, yeah. Um, and for lack of a better term, I had to come to Jesus moment with all of that. I was lucky to survive. It was a second chance. And so even though I ebb and flow in that journey, I discovered that I needed to make that a priority in my life. And it does, it's, there is a correlation between how you feed yourself, how you train yourself, and then how you feel mentally. And I saw a couple of posts that you made about how America is and all the choices that we have, the bad choices that we have. It makes it really difficult for people to get that symbiotic relationship between what they're doing for their body and what their body is doing for them. Right. I think unfortunately, man, unfortunately, what I see, because I see I see from a broad lens because I train a wide gamut in reference to I see it from youth. I mean, I have somebody as young as seven year old, seven years old, all the way up to an NFL, NBA client. Right. As well as general fitness as well. Mm -hmm. And what I normally see and I can look at and I can look at myself to say I was blessed to understand who I was early on in my life and understood the foundation of that. You got to be mindful. You only know what you know. And that foundation taught from you. You have to see it. You have to be around people that are teaching that and embodying that. Um, food is like, food is drugs. Sugar is drugs. If a mm -hmm. mother is having a child and through her pregnancy, she's eating certain foods and putting certain things in her body. Well, guess what? That baby is getting that as well. Now you can break that when you get out, but if you're giving that baby the same thing as they're growing up, you're not instituting any type of lifestyle development in reference to their health and wellness. Well, that's what they're going to become. So at the end of the day, unfortunately, what's being taught is what was taught to them or they would do it. So, you know, it's unfortunate something bad always has to happen for people to learn that. Mm -hmm. And what we do is now say, listen, I'm not trying to make you me. I'm not trying to give you my mindset. I'm not trying to give you my attitude towards training. What I what I what I really want to do and what we want to do at 360 is really just educate people to evaluate themselves individually. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and understand and do things that you enjoy doing, do things that like and work for you. Eat foods that make you feel good that are good for you. Um I'm not I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in, you know, this calorie counting and all that stuff. I just believe in listening to your body. Mm -hmm. If you know you have to do something that requires you to have energy. Eat food that's going to give you energy. It doesn't make sense to eat food that you know it's not going to give you energy if you eat it, right? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you have energy. I tell players all the time, I was guilty of it. I don't care what sport you play. We'll take basketball, for example. I, basketball players, you come out in warm-ups. One night, you're playing a game. You feel great. You're jumping up and down. You're full of energy. You're clapping your hands. You're like, man, these guys won't be in trouble tonight. You're feeling that good. And you play the game. And you have a good game. But the next game, you don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. You don't feel the same, but you don't tell anybody. You don't tell your coach. You don't tell your teammates. You don't tell your parents or whoever's in the stands to watch you. And it's in any sport. So, But deep down in yourself, you know you don't feel the same, right? And you don't play as well as you played the last game. Now, every game has its own personality, but we never really analyze, and I was guilty as myself, we never really analyze ourselves to say, man, what did I do when I played well? What did I eat? What did I drink? 
How much rest did I get? How much time did, did I spend TV or social media or talking on the phone or was I hanging out or was I drinking? All of these things. So when you pay attention to whatever you did, if I said, oh, man, I had eight glasses of water, banana and peanut butter jelly sandwich and I bought out, you got to eat that again. Yep. And the reason why is because especially in sports, and I'm saying this in sports terms because in sports, you only have a certain window of opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to not be regimented. If the sport you play is regimented, you definitely have to be regimented in your life outside of sport to be good at the sport. Mm-hmm. So when you come in to practice every day, it's a certain stretch you do. It's a certain warm-up you do. When you come in every day, you don't do something totally different every day. It's paying attention to those things. What do you like to eat? Pay attention to the foods that you like, that are good for you, that make you feel good. Simple as that. You're not going to eat food that you don't like for a long period of time. It's not realistic. It's not. Totally agree. But just paying attention to those things, man, and, and being real. And understand, too, life has its differences and change. And be be able to be a chameleon with that change. Hey, if you get hurt, you get pregnant, you lose a job. Um, you know, you, 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 you go through a bad divorce, whatever it is, you still have to manage, manage that time in your life for yourself through health and eating right. But you may have to change some things and it's okay. You know, so that's, that's, that's just kind of my thing. It's really simple. I don't, you know, like really making things too complicated because it's really not. It isn't. Um, just a little insight into what happened to me afterward. I ended up uh, discovering running and I became a marathon runner and uh, I ran seven and something like 30 half marathons, whatever. So the regimented part and figuring out what you did well and trying to repeat that, that was what my life was all about uh, before I got married because you see, oh, wow, I, I PR'd in this race. And you know, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I ran a four hour marathon and it's like, that's 26 miles that most people don't do. And, and it was, it was a perfect sport for me because I didn't grow up around sports. My parents weren't athletic at all. And it's not that they didn't press that on me. They wanted me to be active, but they weren't athletes. I was not gifted uh, the genetics to be athletic, but I've made myself that through various different things because I put the work in to be regimented. But one thing that you said that I, I really, really wanted to hone in on, and you talked about how, you know, I never thought about the fact that I would train professional level players, but you train people starting at like age seven. And I'd like to think that that is where you've maybe feel like you're making the most impact because young people are so early in their journey through life. Whereas these young men and young women that you have that have aspirations for a college scholarship or, or professionals, they know what their goal is. Whereas these young kids, they're just fit, trying to figure that out. Right. I mean, I never, I never looked at any kid that I trained. I mean, even take a guy like Stefan Diggs, for example, or Vernon Davis. I didn't look at those guys and say, man, you're going to be a first-round pick and we're going to make a lot of money off you. It was the fact that they were willing to learn and take in information and actually apply it is what is what made it intriguing and interesting to me to help them. And the consistency and the dedication that they showed and the respect of the time and, and, and everything that I was providing for them at that time, they believed in and did it. That's what drove me to do it. And then when they saw it, how it improved them, that challenged me to push them more. So you're talking about a seven-year-old, you have to start that foundation. Now, some of the seven-year-old's foundation is a little bit tinted in a sense because the parents don't know. So mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to help the child and the parent. Because again, nothing's going to happen 
to help their child. The parents aren't educated on it. Yeah. So it's having these conversations with just the kids. I got to have a conversation with the entire family because it's about the family. So when we start, when we talk about nutrition, we're really talking about everything outside of training, which becomes so much more important than the time that they actually with us training. So if I'm not, if I'm not educating the parents, they're the ones that got to buy the groceries. They're the ones that are stopping out to eat. They're the ones that's paying for vacations. Everyone has to be on the same page depending on what that child needs. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. you see younger kids in, in, in bad shape. You know, um, you know, it's unlimited football now, right? That didn't occur when I was growing up. It was yeah. weighted football because typically if you were the same age, you were the same weight. So now you have bigger kids. So it's just this it's just excuse for out of shape children to participate in sports. But we're praising the size, but yeah. not in the there's health issues that's coming along with that. I shouldn't see a, a 12 or 11 year old that's 250 or 260 pounds. God. So, but that's, that, that, that occurs. So again, I'm like, we're missing the big picture. You understand? We, we're, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at the picture differently. I'm looking at the picture differently than other people. I'm looking at, okay, I'm not worried about him playing football. Yeah. Train him for life. Football is just a part of what he's going to be doing right now. So even if he stops playing at, after youth league or stops playing in high school, he has a foundation to take with him outside of that going forward. So it, it doesn't mean it, it. I don't care if it makes it to the NFL or not. Do you ever get any resistance when you have to bring in the family about, hey, this is what I'm seeing and and all that? Or does everybody pretty much get bought in right away because that that this is the vision and this is what you have to do? I don't, I don't get much resistance because a lot of times, you know, most of the times everything is pretty referral based for us. So it's like, it's already understood what, you know, kind of what they're getting into in a sense. But I think just the respect factor in the sense that one, I don't want to be a false prophet. So explaining something to you that I would like you guys to do is something that I've done. Yeah. And I'm myself. So I never want to be that trainer who's telling people to do something and it, and it doesn't work or I don't know it to work because I've never tried it. And again, I just think that um, you know, the teachings, the, 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 the most important teaching is the time that they're not with me. So if I can't teach you that, and no trainer can really teach that unless they're living it. You're right. He can put together some exercises mm-hmm. and, and tell you we're going to do this, this, and this. But he can't speak to the whole life skill, lifestyle, because he may be missing three to four components of that. He can put together a group of exercises. And yeah, he can charge you money, but he's not living it. So he can't talk to that. He can't speak to it. Can't speak to the experience. And when I'm speaking to the experience, I can speak to every age group experience. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit, too. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and it's true, though, because I've had experiences with trainers who don't that you feel like they're just sort of going down a checklist, like this is what you should be doing. And they're not asking you or investing in you as a person. They're investing in whatever that they have to, oh yeah, okay, you're this old and you should be doing this, this, and this instead of either pushing you or figuring out what to do. Um, But another thing I wanted to ask, you talked about the life outside of training and I certainly can appreciate that. You started long enough ago, not to age you by by accident, by the way, but uh, before social media existed, right? And- our society, the way I see it, has changed fundamentally in so many different ways since the advent of social media. And do you find that that is one thing that is such a detriment to the outside life when you're not there? Is it a distraction or do you find that because of your program and how well it works and how you live that, 
you're able to get, make make that less of a distraction than it is for probably the general populace. I think it's um I think it's 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 helpful if it's used right, right? We know social media has its pros and cons in a sense, but it's how you use it and, and how you understand it. I think for me, news and social media now than in the past, because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do it. And I kind of appreciate that a little bit in a sense, because what I see now is I see, look outside looking in, people will look at, okay, who has the most followers mean, means he's a good trainer. And that's not, that's, that doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, you know, who, who can, who's getting results, not who's like the most. Um, so I'm not, I'm not in the business of trying to make people like me as opposed to putting out product of results and letting those results speak to get likes um it's more important to me so it's you watching on friday night saturday and sundays on monday nights or tnt basketball or whatever whatever sport we got a number of athletes in all games i'm just speaking yeah from the sports but social media is also a part now of the teaching to the players we train as well, right? So that happens through the natural mentorship. My thing is this, simply be who you are in real life on social media. Agreed. It's simple. So I, that's who I am. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm not trying to put on a facade. I'm not trying to show people I have money and I don't have money. Um, you know, especially for like college kids, like it's okay to just be a college kid. You don't have to act like you have money because anybody that's ever been to college, no, you don't have any money. Nope. And it's okay. That's a part of the process and grind Mm -hmm. to where you're trying to get to. Now, of course, with the new NIL and the uses of social media, you guys can make money, of course. But even still, there still has to be a humble approach to how you're getting that. So again, you know, my my thing I'll say this, man, is that kids and people always show you what they need. And when they show you what they need, wherever they need help, you just help them. You don't have to go find it. You You're know right. what I mean? You're right. Stations Things will happen. You'll see certain things. If I see something on social media, I'm already hitting, I'm hitting them up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm letting them know, right? Or trying to be precautionary and educating them about it. So not that I know everything about social media, but like, again, be who you are. Talk to people how you want to talk to people if you were right in front of their face. Mm-hmm. Media. I'm the same way. Um, I'm not very good with social media because I never played into the idea that I was going to be somebody else out there. And I am who I am. And I, I do the same thing with this, with content creation. It's like I'm I'm me and this is what you are going to get. And mm-hmm. my, I don't. I don't measure my success in this based off of how many exact people listen to every single episode. What I say is if one episode touches one person, that's the difference right there. And I've made that. I don't need 10,000 people to tell me how awesome I am for to, to feel that. And right. unfortunately, social media is built to where you are asked to strive for those numbers. And right. The real people out there, Myron, can say that person's fake. I know that that person is fake and they're showing me what they want me to see. Whereas I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, so I've got a sick kid and trying to, you know, fill out all, you know, this paperwork and everything. That's how life works. This is what you see for me. And if people don't like it, 
I don't have to please everybody. I have my my vision for this. And I like that you say that because, man, there are more and more fake people in this world every single day. And to meet the real ones, as the, as the young kids would say, I don't even know if the young kids say that anymore, but um, <laughs> uh, I used to feel like I was one of the young kids. And now, I don't know if this happens to you, this is a total tangent, but when the kids say something and you look at them like, what is that? And I realized, oh, I've reached that point in my life where I don't know what the young kids are talking about. Scares the crap out of me. Well, I, I come from a, I, I'm, I'm blessed because I'm around at all age groups. Yeah. So I, I, I'm observationally learning constantly without asking questions first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the same way as well. Now, what yeah. ends up happening for me is I roll into a, a place and I've got some like Jordans or something on and the young kids immediately gravitate toward that. And it's like I've all of a sudden earned street cred by just liking something that's older than they are. And right. they don't know that because they're like, oh, man, those are so hot. And I'm like, you know, Michael Jordan played before you were ever born and I was born. I, I, I was, I was born then, but two. So I don't remember right. any of that. I do all find right. all of that funny. And you're right. Being observationally aware without outing yourself as what, um, we have a kid who walks our dog and he, he has never worn anything but workout clothes. And he's like, well, what are workout clothes? And we're like, what you're wearing? And he says, no, nah, this is just what we wear. <laughs> I'm like, this yeah. is the difference now. Change for sure. Kind of on that same vein, um, do you find it, and if this is too much of a, a tough question, I, I'm not getting, I'm not asking you this because I want you to, to, to dump on like specific people or anything, but I'm sure when people meet you, they are enthralled by the fact that you have connections with pro level players that you've done that kind of thing. And I would have to think that some interactions that you have of people saying, Hey, I can help you are you, you know, as soon as you're talking to them, that they are looking to get through you to to those connections and that's not what you're about because that just happened to be what took place with some of your uh some of your clients that you've trained but you have such a larger vision in mind do you find that that happens that people are enamored by your ten you know, being basically like next to star power so to speak yeah i mean it happens but i think you know i'm not i'm not star power driven in the sense right because they're just regular people to me yeah. in the sense like anybody else but I will say the fact that I'll, I'll let them know, listen, and, you know, listen, we'll take financial advisors, for example, and agents and people of that nature. You know, they may come along and say, hey, man, can you, can can I set up a meeting? And the thing I try to get across to them is that, you know, you understand something. I come from a place of transparency. So there's nothing that they can say that I've ever done bad to them. Yeah. So everything I give them, they can see. Everything they give me, I can see. I, I prefer it that way, but I also tell people again: you got to be mindful that along this this road that these guys are traveling on, it's a race, and a lot of times those people don't want to be a part of the race; they want to be at the end of the race. Yeah, where I'm a part of the race, and why don't you be a part of the race, just like I am, and teach things without them having to be somebody first? Educate a parent on financial literacy and those these kids early on prior to them be, becoming guys who get money. Mm -hmm. When I see that and I see that it's genuine, I see that it's, again, kind of how I came in it where it was no, wasn't thinking about profits and return on investments and money. It wasn't that, it wasn't, it didn't start off that way at all. No. Um, 
So I would I prefer to see that. But again, we got some great people out there, regardless that come at the end of the race is just good people. Mm-hmm. But again, that organically happens. Yes. If the spirit in the individual it doesn't, it's not right, then it's not right. That's why I never really have aligned myself with one particular person on anything as it pertains to sports management or financial liter- financial advising or agencies. I have guys in all at all all aspects that I have relationship with. And then there may be a situation where this guy may be a better fit for you. Hey, listen to what he has to say. Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. At least we have somebody in the circle that we trust and we believe in. So to that point, I mean, you don't really make it over here if it's not organically, if it's no organic connection. I like it. It's the only way to be, man. It it really is. And as I get older, I become more and more myself and probably alienate more and more people. But I'm so much more comfortable with who I am now than the way that I was before. Um, What would you think, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you all face at 360 these days? I would say the biggest challenge for us, to be honest with you, is we're talking about this earlier today, is that it's hard to really... Okay, we're doing a better job of marketing now. I got to say, before wasn't a ton. Of, I didn't do a lot of marketing. I didn't have, I didn't have, um, I didn't have social media. Right? I didn't. You had to know me. You had to know where I was. I didn't have my own facility. I was training out of different facilities. You figure, you know, we've done we've done this with really nothing, smoking mirrors. You know, training out of twenty one different facilities since I've been doing this. Wow. Um, but I think the thing we deal with the most is not really being able to express how do we how do we express and, and without that analytical feel to show value on what we're doing, yeah, why we're really different. You understand what I mean? So I it's like companies out here that that train, for example, and they ex- they may exploit and market the success of players they had just trained for eight weeks. They can put them on Instagram, take pictures, and then try to take credit for their success at the NFL Combine, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and those players came to train with them eight weeks. And they, don't, they don't know them in eight weeks. You don't know them in eight weeks, and you also really aren't a part of that development. Yeah. Half those guys would go could eat Oreo cookies and, and run right up the street and go at the Combine and still run 4-4, right? Mm-hmm. They're that time. But... They use it in their marketing to say, all right, he ran 441 at the combine and he went the first round and he trained here. Cool. Show me the youth league jersey development. We can put a high school jersey up, a collegiate jersey, a professional NFL jersey, and then we have another jersey that we can put up. We call it the life jersey. That is a lot of jerseys we can put up on the wall in comparison to what you're putting up in your eight weeks. The thing is, we haven't yet found a way to market that, to really show that. And what it and what it then does, it really opens up people's eyes to understand, wow, that's true development. Those companies don't want to do that and they can't do it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take the eight, they don't want to take the eighth grader, the ninth grader, the tenth grader and and and, and, and teach him life skills, life skills and proper hygiene, nutrition, give them the training and instruction, teach them how to really be a man and uh, hopefully a father and a husband one day and how to maneuver in the community and do all of these things as they go through this maturation process while going there. So I would say that's kind of our, our biggest, our biggest thing that we deal with. 
um, not really being able to get this full message across. We're doing a better job of showing diversity, mm-hmm. marketing to let people know, look, we're not just training athletes. We train everybody. You know, I don't play football anymore. I still work out, train hard, but I'm not also trying to train you to be me. So I think that'll be the biggest, that'll be the biggest um, obstacle we face, to be honest with you. So if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like what you want to be in the in the business of is the human interest aspect of of the work that you do, because you're talking about the full journey. Like when you lay out all those milestones that you as a as a business owner, as a trainer, as a human being can look at and feel pride in that entire journey, whereas these companies, they're almost like. Uh, it's almost like Amazon coming in and being able to provide you with everything, but they're not a small business. They have not been a part of your life for the entirety of it. You can't walk into an Amazon brick and mortar and somebody says, oh, hey, Myron, will you have the regular today? And that's really what you guys are all about is you're, yes, talking about high performance, but you're having an impact in the community and you want that story to come out. You want to be able to correlate. It's like in my job as a statistician, I can give you numbers. What's the story behind the numbers? What is it really telling you? That's that's what you want to get into. And that's what I'm interested in because that to me is more much more interesting than what you see on social media, what you see on ESPN for some of these some of these folks. Like, what are they really like? They put their pants right. on like I do, <laughs> one leg at a time. And um that that is that's the stuff that I'm really fascinated by because I went to the 360 website and you have some of those stats about how many all high school all Americans, college all Americans, but one stat that I really, really loved was how many scholarships that you've you know, gotten for people. And that to me is such a great stat because it's a direct impact on, you know what, maybe these, these people won't make it pro, but we're getting them to where they can get an education. And I absolutely love that. I mean, I love that about your company. I love that about you. And it's just, it speaks to me and motivates me in in a way that, um, it's been a while since I felt that way. We're winning. We're winning. You know, and I always take a humble approach to this. We're always going to win. There's nothing that we don't train it doesn't win whether it be youth league football i don't care what sport they play because if they stick to it and they show the level of consistency and discipline success is inevitable you can't stop it plus you got somebody who's willing to push you and see more of yourself than you see in yourself so and you allow that we, we we work with people who allow us to do that how can you lose yeah so again getting a scholarship we say well hey listen that's that is a you won because you don't owe anybody any money. It's a head start on life. You don't have to make it to the NFL. You're in the plus. You're in the plus. You graduate from college. You play sports. You have the understanding and life skills, lifestyle needed to be successful in any profession that you choose. And matter of fact, how about most businesses are looking for that? Mm-hmm. What it is. They're looking for a guy that knows, wow, you went four years, you were a captain, or you played on a football team, or you played on a basketball team, and you held your GPA in this, and you look like this, and your attitude is this, and your personality is this, and you have great team skills, communication, communicative skills. That degree is is one thing. That's nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like the certification. Trainer, we get trainers, uh, you know, I'm certified. They're, they're, They're paper trainers. They're worried about who their certification is from. And I used to always think, like, hold up, what certifies them to certify me? And I always say this, and I have my certifications, of course, right? Got to have them, legally work. But my life is my certification. That's my certi- that's my certificate, my experiences. Not only my experiences, all of the experiences of everybody that I've ever trained and worked with. 
I learn from them too. So when things arise, I can go back to my same thing that happened to, to Vernon when he was a freshman. He did this. Ah, that's the same thing that happened to Steph. He wanted to transfer colleges, but had a hard time. We can speak to different things that we've already done, not necessarily to ourselves, but to everyone that we work with. That's the experience. That's the amount of people that we've been able to, to touch all over. You know what I mean? All over this metropolitan area, to be honest with you, because we've been everywhere. We've been from Springfield, Virginia, Rockville, Washington, D.C., um, Silver Spring, Maryland, you know, you name it. We've been there. And this area is unique because you get a lot of people who come here from a lot of the regions on the East Coast as well. So, I mean, you get, yeah. and that that's one thing when you said, like, I'm born and raised here, that is a rarity for people that I know, like meeting people that actually are here, but it adds to the depth of what you're trying to do in this community. This community means a lot to you. And so trying to win at all these different things and being everywhere, um, starting out, going to all these different gyms, not having your own facility, I can relate because I'm in my attic. <laughs> and when I put on these products, people are like, wow, you must be in a studio. How do you get that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I've been jockeying for that for my wife for a year and been turned down. I get the look. So, right. you know, it's, it, it's about hard, working hard and, and being invested in, um, you know, where do you, I guess, see 360 going? You've been at this now. I think it was 2008 when you guys co-founded it or opened it, I think was 2008. Well, we- we were we were three sixty. We just were under a different name. Okay, uh, sixty name. Um, you know, which was the changeover, kind of the rebrand. Mm-hmm. We rebranded it again in reference to the logo yeah. and things that are going now, of course. But um, at the end of the day, it's always been three sixty. Yeah. You know, um, you know that's that's what it's always been, and that's a representation of this being a lifestyle. That's that's why it's called 360. And are you planning on on adding anything to that? I mean, you talk about like general, you know, general fitness and all that stuff. Um, but you know, do you see this growing even larger? Do you want this to go national, or do you are you set, are you uh, complacent being here in the DMV and kind of having that that impact? Personally, I see us building a facility, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Finally, not finally. I don't, I don't want to say that having a place, a home, right? But also understanding that I'm not interested in franchising and building thousands of facilities across this country. I'm more in, because the thing is, is facilities come a dime a dozen. You go, it's plenty of nice facilities across this country. It's nice facilities in this area. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, those facilities don't have the right people in them. It doesn't matter. I'll never be able to duplicate myself even where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So if I can't duplicate myself where I'm at. Why would I build facility somewhere else and expect it to be the same feeling that facility there? It's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the gift that I have in reference to being able to galvanize my leadership and also put the right people together based off a of feel. That's a skill set, too. Mm-hmm. Being able to build the right team, have the right people around you, um, be able to admit things that you can't do well and put people in those positions to be able to do them and not try to be that guy to try to do everything. Do what you do well while also learning and getting better at those things as well. So it's like, that's my goal. My goal is to put together the super friends. I don't know if, you, if yeah. you're young. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That, like, you know, like Voltron. Yeah. You know, oh, Voltron. oh, please, please. Yes. Voltron. I'm all, I'm all in on Voltron, my man. Trust me. Hey, each of them. Each of them. Yep. Superpowers by themselves. Great. But when Voltron formed, it couldn't really be dealt with. No. That's what I see. And it can't be more than one Voltron. 
Yeah. No, I mean, and there can't, there can't be more than one you and you're yeah. right. Like I see, but I see where you're going with that, where the more iterations of 360 that there are that don't have you, it's lacking something each time you dupli- you try to duplicate it. You can't right. clone Myron Flowers, right? You right. can't clone what you have inside and what you're doing. You are, you know, what, or at least you are the embodiment of the business, what you are bringing to the, the table in the business. And um, okay, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I totally get it because you can make the maximum amount of impact by doing what you're doing just a little bit on a larger scale, but focusing it in on, hey, this is what I'm offering to the table. And I believe you also have a clothing brand too. Is that right? Yeah, we we doing merchandise, of course, mm-hmm. and um, you know our, our own supplement line. We're maximizing services and products and things of that nature. Doing best, basically the best we can and the most we can without a facility. So basically, we're already already applying these programs that we're doing to place where we are now. So you know, we have meal prep on meal prep company as well. Mm-hmm. Three sixty fit meal prep, the supplements, the merch. Also, the partnership with the Goji, um, which is a performance-based resistance pants mm-hmm. that we been, have been using and helped help design and did all the performance testing for them. But again, you know, it's just uh, those things are more important to me when we build this facility to being able to be creative to do other things for where it branches out from the from the base of the tree. The facility will just be the base. These branches will be able to reach. And I think when we do that, we'll bring in more people wanting to get that genuine feeling of that facility. Yeah. Where people travel in here now anyway. They stay here, they live here, want want to be here for certain periods of time to train. You know what I mean? So um we just wanna we just wanna keep that going, man, and 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 and, and build for our children, you know, create create value for our kids. I just feel like the industry we're in, the atmosphere that we create, it 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 whether my kids want to have an ownership stake or a part of the business or not, if they don't, they're still getting, look what they're getting. They're, they're around great people. They're, they're learning health and wellness. They're creating networks and diversifying their, their their social habitat just from being in the facility, meeting different people. That's better than school. Yeah. Better than learning school. So I look at that, you know, being able to see them and the positive energy that it brings with your kids and your family. You know what I mean? I do. I do. That's what I'm trying to build here too. Uh, When I, I, so it's funny, when I became a dad, right before the pandemic started actually, uh, a week before the country shut down, and I thought, you know, this is going to change my life in so many different ways. And it did. But I didn't actually think that it would change my life to motivate me to build what I'm building now. And I thought, oh, you know, because so many people will say, when you have kids, your life's over. And I realized it's actually an opportunity to be more of who you are because you want to leave your children with something. I want to leave my son with not just something like a business, but to say to himself, hey, dad did this. I can be whatever I want to be. And that's what's important to me. So whenever I do interviews like this or any other content that I put out, I have fun. But ultimately, he's the guy in mind that I think right. about. You know, right. it's it's a great feeling, and uh, I know you're you're a fellow dad, and being a, a parent can be challenging, but um, it is damn rewarding. Oh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge that you love to have. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. So they didn't ask to be here. They're no. here now. They are here. And uh, sometimes I think they want to take themselves out, uh, especially at two. That's how old my son is. And he's just all over the place, walking into everything and getting into everything. But he takes notice. And you start to realize real quick 
that your children start to pick up on you as a parent very, very quickly. And you have to be on your game. Like being a parent is a full-time job. When I say that, I'm not talking just 24-7. It's even beyond that. Um, Being there for your kids, not just physically, but mentally. And uh, I'm glad that I was older when I did it. Mm -hmm. I was ready for it. A lot of of observational learning takes place, you know? Your dad, your mom, my dad, my mom, they didn't necessarily pull us in a classroom to say, all right, go over this. You had to have been paying attention, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was just like what we were talking about earlier. You know, unfortunately, kids are observing good and bad things, right? So it's just got to make sure they're observing more good than bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just keeps you on your, 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 your P's and Q's. But at the same time, when you have children... And this is the thing I love, too, is that, you know, I know it forces me to be in a position of excellence in a sense because it puts me in a position of leadership where, you know, people are watching you outside of just what you do or what the expectation is. of you. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's not me trying to be perfect. Right. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes just like anybody else. But at the same time, just being genuine and true to who you are, man, and, and moving with the right energy and um, allowing things to just kind of manifest themselves naturally. Yeah. And be, being perfect as a parent is impossible. There are some days where I look at him and I'm like, sorry, kid, daddy just didn't have it today. <laughs> because it's like, wow, I really just I don't even know what today was. Let's just start over. Let's just start over. Um, how do you how do you manage like all of this? Because obviously you're still, you know, you're still at work right now and you're dedicated and you have kids and, uh, and all that. And do you find that it has to be a buy-in from them as well? You talked about buy-in earlier with the, the parents of the kids that you train. It has got to be a buy-in from your family as well. It, it, it is. And then I get to see them because they come up here, they work out right. If they're not doing events, you know, most of my kids play sports, so they got practices and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, it's the pandemic and COVID and social media and technology has helped kind of bridge that gap yeah. with faith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I don't see the, physically maybe see them, but I, I can always be in connection with them. You know what I mean? Sometimes I you it's different from talking to somebody on the phone and seeing their face mm-hmm. while they're talking. Because then you can vibe off the energy and maybe give them some energy. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll gain something or change their attitude based off of just seeing you. So I think that's the benefit of it, too, that we got to take advantage of as much as possible. You know what I mean? I'm out early in the morning, so a lot of times I may not see them off before they get to school, but trying to make sure I'm sending them text messages or, you know, FaceTime them on their way to school just to give them that just to give them that reassurance if I was there at the same time but they don't look at it as a negative in the sense you sleep I'm not gonna stand over you and watch you sleep <laughs> so, some parents will dude so <laughs> uh. but you won't know it you won't know it you know so it's like yeah so I find myself now just like you said taking it in as you get older and they start to get older you'll, and you'll notice this too hopefully you go back on this conversation okay Find yourself, man, just looking at your just looking at your children, man, and just kind of seeing the change and listening and observing and not just saying not saying anything, really. Just just in awe of them. You know what I mean? And 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 just looking, man, looking and learning. Yeah. So to speak to what you talked about with technology, uh, my mom passed away last year, last summer. She had she had brain cancer and we had reconnected, right? And through FaceTime, she was able to get to know my son, even though he only mm. met her one time. And 
people may think, well, how, how much did he actually get? He still remembers that and he's only mm. two years old. So those connections are true and real. And maybe, yes, they're over a screen and it's not quite the same as being in front of somebody, but right. it is adding a little bit of depth. And I've seen that. And I can also speak to looking at him sometimes and being like, damn, kid, you are you're something else. And then sometimes right. I look at him and I'm like, "Ooh, that's me. Maybe I should uh, go in the other room because that's me and, right there. And about that, he has part of you. So he does. The good and the bad, too. Like for better or for worse, our children are part of who we are. And we just have to live with that fact. Yeah. And be honest. Yes. Yes. Totally honest. That's why I tell them if I'm having, I'm like, hey, look, I'm just not, this is a B effort for me today. You'll get A effort tomorrow. I'll try to do my best. Um, but we have a couple more minutes left. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do have a couple of questions that are kind of not related to this, but you mentioned both of them at the top. Um, you talked about playing or, and living in Canada mm-hmm. and Believe it or not, I grew up in Rhode Island, hours away from the Canadian border, still never been to Canada. I have no idea why. Um, Did that change your perception about living here? Like, what was that like going there? You're trying to make a living. You said it was a grind, but you're also in a foreign country. I didn't look to move. I I looked at it as a learning experience because my thing was I was looking at it as a vehicle to get to the next level. So I wasn't, I definitely wasn't looking at it as... I was just looking at it as something I need. I had to. I had to do what I had to do. But at the same time, going through the process, respecting the culture and the people. Now, one thing I will say is that, yeah, I didn't make a lot of money. Right, my first contract was for thirty-two thousand dollars. And you man, you know, look at the season. And at that time, every thousand dollars in the U.S. was five hundred dollars Canadian. So mm-hmm. that was already. The thing was, I tell people now what's so much much more important and worth more than the contract and the money that I made there were the networks and the relationships of the people that I met. So, like, I'm still, I still have those relationships. I still, and I try to tell guys, even when you play professionally, I know you're trying to get to the NFL, but if you have an opportunity to play professionally, wherever it is, and your heart tells you to go play, go play, but take advantage of maybe meeting a business owner, sponsors, because those are people that still may be able to help manifest things for you later on mm-hmm. and in and, and some other aspect outside of you playing for them. But football was just a vehicle for you to kind of meet them, you know? So it's like, I just want to, I just looked at it as, as that, man. I just wanted to learn as much as I could, take advantage of the time I had, respect the time that I had there, understand it wasn't going to be long regardless. I, I, I would say that that was my approach. Do you think that's what these leagues like the XFL and USFL are trying to create is an ability for guys to meet and, and network and be out there? Because I know a lot of fans will say like, oh, it's it's crappy football. But I see it differently because these are these are men who are trying to, again, get established again and get somewhere else. And that's kind of what you went through. Yeah, I don't think it's cr- crappy football. I get what they're saying. The yeah. thing is, they're comparing it to a league that's been around for almost 100 years. Yeah. Like the marketing machine, the learning curve, the marketing pitfalls they've learned and already went through. It's kind of hard to make a new league. The good thing is that to create a new league, not to compete with the NFL. But you can't tell me that it's only 2,500 football players in this world. It's room for another league. Now, the thing is is that you got to give it time and actually stick to the course and have it on the right progression and growth. Yeah. 
from a marketing standpoint and everything, right, to develop it. But also creatively, like you just said, creatively think outside the box to where, okay, maybe the salaries aren't that much, but there's other avenues where where, we're giving players to generate revenue off the field and educate certain aspects depending on what city they play in. Maybe it's real estate in in development. Maybe it's it's business ownership. Maybe it's, um, you know, sponsorship and ownership. I don't know, you know what I mean, what that looks like, but I think taking that on, on that approach gives it way more value now for a player to say, you know what, I'm getting short money, less money short term from a contractual standpoint to play, but I really love football. My thing is this, you just played a whole bunch of football for free. If you really love football and you don't make it to the NFL and you, and you, and you stop playing or you quit, you didn't love football in the first place. You were playing football for what it was going to give you. So you didn't really love football. But you would play. It's guys out here right now were playing the NFL for free. Just to prove I can play on that level. Just so they could say, man, I played at a level, did well, and then later on say, this is my value. So again, you know, it's room for league. I think what the XFL is doing, a great job. I think Rock, um, Rock is going to do a great job of developing the league with his relationships and networks. Mm-hmm. His his. His understanding, him playing in the CFL, after taking that long road, right? Him having to work to where he is now to get what he has now. You know, I think what it's going to look like, how it needs to be operated. I think he's going to take it to a whole nother level and his openness for growth. Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, I appreciate The Rock a lot because uh, I'm a... I've been a professional wrestling fan for like my whole life. It's one of my guilty pleasures. But, uh, and I used to love The Rock back then, but I also know that The Rock was wrestling for dollars at sweaty gyms and at flea markets because yep. that's what he did. So he's a guy who understands what it means to be here and get yeah. here. And right. he worked his ass off for that. Exactly. Like, my God, did he work his ass off for that. Um, but I liked what you said because the other night I was watching TV and I saw Terrell Owens, Hall of Famer, playing for whatever that is, right? Love it. Right? And I'm like, he's 48 years old. He's a Hall of Famer. He has absolutely zero to prove to anybody else. And he's out there because he wants to prove to other people, I can still play. Not only that, I kinda, I'm kind of in that realm. I'm the same age as T.O. So yeah. for me, I totally get it. I totally get the fact that so what is not the norm. He's doing it because he can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will try to put their negatives and what they can't do on you. Yeah. Who said, I, I want him to get a shot in that bell just so he can just to see or so what? Forget his age. Just go off of his 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 body, how he looks, how he works. Let him play. And let's just see. I'm I'm again, I'm I'm a I'm a TO fan in reference to that, man. I love what he's doing. Um I mean, people question me. I post, I may post some videos and some of the things that I'm doing. Yeah, I may do some explosive movements and things. And but I know I'm blessed from the work that I put in. That gives you the confidence to be able to do those things. Just because you can't do those things now and you're the same age as me, don't put that on me or Al. Why am I doing it? Why are you training that way? Why are you training so hard? You're not playing football anymore. I'm doing it because I can't. And I'm challenging. My, I'm, I'm willing to challenge myself to do something different outside of the norm. But they don't understand that mentality also carries over into other things. It's a mentality. It has nothing to do with me wanting to exercise or prove something, right? So, again, I still train like I play because I want that same mentality. That's the difference. And and that's what he can't hold that back. He can't harness that because he's training hard. If he wasn't training hard, he wouldn't want to play. No. 
if he was just sitting on his couch eating like Doritos, he's not going to go out there exactly. and play. Exactly. I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Myron, uh, I think it's called fan control football. And uh, if you want to go up against T.O. and uh, and cover his ass while he uh, tries to go I'll up there. He's out th- offense, offense. All right. Well, he's out there mossing guys. So uh, speaking of other guys who probably ho- I wish still played, uh, Randy, one of my favorites. Myron, uh, that's a great place to end it. Um, and I've, I've absolutely enjoyed this thoroughly. And you're, you, you make me want to run through a wall with your motivational speaking. And it's genuine. Um, and... I can think of a thousand different questions that I want to ask you on different topics, but in my mind, there's plenty of room for that. So I just want to thank you for taking out the time. And if you want to take the last minute to plug whatever you want to plug, now's your chance. No, for sure, man. I just want to uh, plug um, 360. Follow us at at 360 Fit Performance, of course. And then, um, you know, check out our website, www.360fitperformance.com. Again, we're in Columbia, Maryland at 6570. Dobbin Road, that's Columbia, Maryland. Uh, we are uh, we share space and uh, contract with top tier here. You know, great facility, great people on both sides, um, and we uh, we we have a good time here. We train everybody from all over, so everybody's welcome here. Everybody's welcome. Well, that sounds lovely. And for the listeners, all of that information is going to be in the description of the episode, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on the podcasting network, whatever it is, uh, you'll be able to find the information and be able to find Myron. So Myron, I appreciate you taking out the time and uh, I can't wait for the next time. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. You got it. See you later, everybody. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on interviews on ice are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Interviews on Ice is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you exclusively by the Matty Ice Media Network.